Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brain. Crossover, step back! Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. Right here on 960theref.com. What's up, guys? Sam Franco and Chris Brain here. It is the Crossover Podcast right here on 960theref.com. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. And, Brain, I'm just going to dive right in here with our Fully Loaded Question of the Week this week. And it comes from me. And the question is, when are we actually going to start giving something away for this? Um, I think now is the, uh, is the right time. That's absolutely correct. Starting with our next podcast, if we choose your question that you email to 960theref at coxradio.com, you're going to get a $20 gift card to Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville to go try one of their delicious pizzas. You can make your own, or you can get the home team, the Walter White. They got plenty of good combinations on their pizzas, so you can make it yourself. You can let them do it. Either way, it's going to be good, and it's going to be free pizza because all you had to do was just email a question into us to be the fully loaded question of the week. Well, the question also has to be good enough that we we use it. Though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you, you can't just email us stuff that you know we won't pick. It's got to be a good question. Yeah. So we will definitely uh, be scouring through our emails when those start to come in. But again, it's going to be worth your while if you send us a fully loaded question of the week. Because if we choose yours, twenty. Dollar gift card to fully loaded pizza yeah. kitchen. I mean, you, it's free pizza. You know, if you email us and they're like, "Hey, why are you two such big jerks?" We're probably not going to use your question. You're not going to win. No. Yeah. So uh, keep that in mind as you come up with fully loaded questions of the week, and you just might be getting some free pizza thanks to fully loaded pizza kitchen in Watkinsville, and I guess us too, but mainly them. Yeah, mostly them. Mostly yeah. them. All right. So today's episode, now that we've gotten that out of the way, is going to be full on Super Bowl as the Rams and Patriots will be playing in the Super Bowl. No matter what folks in New Orleans might want to tell you, this is a great matchup and a matchup that I am certainly looking forward to. And not just a matchup I'm looking forward to, not just one you're looking forward to, but one that has definitely been a blessing for the Georgia football program with the amount of promotion that Georgia's gotten with Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, David Andrews. Oh, and you've also got the greatest NFL head coach of all time basically calling Georgia a pro factory. So that's helped out too. Yeah, I mean, the number of things that uh, just the, the the good vibes that have come Georgia's way, the uh, the good mentions from Kirby, and it wasn't just from the Georgia guys too. I mean, their uh, Rams safety Mark Barron, who played for Kirby at Alabama, basically said, yeah, the guy taught me everything I know about football. Uh, so just uh, a lot of endorsements for the Georgia program for uh, for Kirby and uh, yeah, I mean the dogs have already come out winners of the game. Either the Rams or the uh, the Patriots will win the Super Bowl on Sunday. But Georgia's another big winner from this week for sure. Oh, absolutely. And we talked about how much promotion they got being in the college football playoff last year because ESPN has that thing and they ram it down your throat every chance they get. And it's kind of been like that this week, and not really any entity trying to force it down your throat like ESPN does with the college football playoff. 
but this is just, you know, kind of by virtue of having players in the game, you know, you've added a lot more uh, sort of talk about Georgia surrounding this game. So it's certainly been uh, welcome uh, to have all of that stuff come around. And it's been great to just kind of talk about all this stuff and going into the game. But now that we're actually right on the game and they're, and they're finally going to play it, uh, just in terms of a matchup, I mean, sure, Saints and Patriots would have been a good matchup. But this is also a very good and intriguing matchup. And with this one, you've kind of got uh, old NFL versus new NFL with Belichick and the proven standard that's been there versus this team in the Rams that is really kind of doing things, you know, a new way. Well, and it's just interesting, too, how it's it's come all the way around now for New England uh, that the Rams are the franchise that this dynasty really started against, but it was Brady who was the uh, the young up-and-coming quarterback at the time, Belichick who was still, I mean, a relatively young coach. He wasn't uh, as young as Sean McVay, and uh, the Rams were the the greatest show on turf. They had won the Super Bowl two years prior. Not quite the you know the long running dynasty that the Patriots are now, but you know, the roles here are here is the, uh, the 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 grizzled older veteran team in New England, and now you've got the young upstart Rams that are trying to uh, to plant their flag. So from the New England standpoint, it is kind of fascinating how it's come all the way around uh, on them. But hey. They're, uh, they're the team that's favored. It's their third straight Super Bowl. It's the ninth time that Brady and uh, Belichick will have combined to, uh, to get to the game. So they've definitely got the edge on the experience. Oh, for sure. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, they certainly, you know, like you said, experience. They've been here before. Uh, David Andrews has never not been to a Super Bowl in his pro career. So yeah. think about that. Uh, compared to like a guy like Dan Marino who got to one his first year and then never got never back. Never went back. Thanks for reminding me of that. David <laughs> Andrews has already been there three times. So it's it's just hard to fathom that. And look, we'll, we'll break down the game here for sure, uh, let you know who we think is going to win. Uh, but first and foremost, the, the most fun part about the Super Bowl, especially if you don't have a team in it, is prop bets. And there's so many of them, you know, just ridiculous things of the national anthem going over under. Uh, Will Andre 3000 make an appearance with Big Boy? I'm sure that's a pretty popular prop bet for the halftime show. You know, over or under amount of times they show Giselle on camera. Just dumb things like that. But it's fun, and it gives, you know, even the most casual observer kind of a reason to pay attention to the game. Well, yeah, I mean, there's every facet of the game you're paying attention to. From like, okay, here comes Gladys Knight now. Let me start my stopwatch and see how long it takes. And then, you know, I mean, the drama just in the flip of a coin. If you're going, do you want heads? Do you want tails? And see how it comes up. So, yeah, I mean, there's pretty much anything is on the – on the table from what color will Adam Levine's shirt be? Will he be wearing a hat? Um, you know, you mentioned the big boy prop right there. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's – I mean, there was even one earlier with uh, that involves SpongeBob appearing at, in some form during the halftime show, and if he did, would he take a knee in protest? So, I mean, even SpongeBob potentially getting in on the, uh, on the, on the protesting. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, well, it's funny because I saw where, like, the guy – that voices Squidward on SpongeBob SquarePants like announced that uh, he's going to be like introducing the halftime show or something like the character Squidward's going to be introducing the halftime show. Oh, uh, and all of this has to do with uh, the the creator of that show. Uh, I think it's Stephen Hillenberg's name passing away recently, and there was some like 
a uh, big push from uh, people tweeting at Maroon 5, hey, include SpongeBob in the halftime show or something. But that's how crazy this stuff gets. And, you know, you mentioned one right off the bat there, the, uh, the over-under for um, uh, Gladys Knight in the national anthem. Kind of diva singers like that, you know what I mean? You know, they're called divas. You know, yeah. I, I would, uh, I would assume that with those kind of singers, take the over. Yeah, they like to drag out their notes. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, there's, you could, pro- you can maybe find it. There was one video I found of Gladys Knight singing the uh, the national anthem. Uh, I don't even know where it was, but it clocked in at about a minute and a half. Now. That wasn't at it wasn't at the Super Bowl where you're probably going to go for a little more pomp there. So, but that's it. it. It's interesting that there's not a lot of scouting that can be done on Gladys Knight singing the uh, the national anthem. So, because sometimes with these performers, you know, they've done it before. So you go and you uh, and you look at them. I mean, the all time the, the the fast one was Billy Joel, which wasn't that long ago. But I don't remember exactly which one it was. But he, he just, just got right. He got right to it, and I think it it was like a minute and thirty one seconds. But um, it's obliterating the prop. <laughs> it, yeah, no doubt. But you know, even with like like a guy like him, I remember there were plenty of times that he had sang the anthem before at sporting events. But I can't find one with Gladys Knight. There was one video I found of her singing it, and uh, like I said, she did it pretty fast. But you know, this is the Super Bowl. It's and, Atlanta because that's the it's her home. So yeah. I mean, you know, there's a bunch that goes into it. But she that's still always, had that chicken and waffles. Yeah, and uh, I think what happened that was like her son was like running that place, and he got involved in some like fraud of tax fraud or something. Uh, right. and, like her name got dragged through it, even though she really had like nothing to do with it, other than her name being on the restaurant. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's still there. What is it, Gladys Knight and Ron Winnin's, uh It was chicken, chicken and waffles, waffles yeah. or something. Well, but, the yeah. well, the, it's it's one forty seven is the number okay. over under one forty seven. I'd still go over, but again, like you said, you found one that she went through pretty quickly. So, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. I mean, some, the 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 juice is heavy on the over. I mean, you probably always have to lean on that. Like you said, you've got an R and B singer that you know they like to carry out those notes a lot of times and really show off their range. So the the lean probably has to be on the over. But I got to tell that's of all those exotic prop bets that pop up for the Super Bowl. The national anthem is one that I've never wanted to get involved well, with. No, because it's so hard to like assume what a singer's going to do or not. And there's also the the kind of uh, black helicopter conspiracy theory thing that's like, well, what's to stop Gladys Knight from like going and seeing what the over under is and like putting some money and betting on it or something? Well, that, that's why you like felt that way. Like Billy Joel was one for sure <laughs> that I'm like, I could see where he'd be aware of that. He's because, on the take because he just got like right to it and started singing. But then it's always confusing as to, all right, well, does the the clock start as soon as the music starts playing, or does the clock start, you know, on the first note that right. is sung? Um. But I've, I always sit there and time it, though, even though I'm never involved with it. And it is always – there was I, there was someone – it wasn't Lady Gaga, but it was recent, too, like that did like a two-and-a-half-minute version of it. Mm-hmm. It was really long. Oh, gosh. Um, and that, that song's not supposed to be long like that. I can't remember who it was. And it wasn't Fergie that uh, from that wretched breakdown at the MV, uh, NBA All-Star game. Mm-hmm last year i can't remember who it was but that was a really long one from just uh from just a couple of years ago but you know usually it's around like the two minute mark so uh the the over would probably be a lean there but proceed with caution unless you could find more instances of gladys knight singing the anthem somewhere 
All right, yeah, definitely, and that's you got to do that homework on those things too. You know, there there are ways to do it, and a lot of the times too, like on the ones where like, will they show this person a lot on camera, or will they show that person? Those never hit. No, I'd say the one prop bet I did hit with the anthem was last year with Pink. Pink sang it, and um, right. or was Pink the year one one of the recent years? But there was one about whether or not she would show cleavage during it, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, she's singing the national, the national anthem. anthem. She's not going to show on. cleavage, and Come she on. didn't. So. <laughs> I so, cashed. Yeah. I did cash that one. There's all that. There's kind of ones like that, and, and I don't know if, if the one or this one shows up on the page you've got over there, but the the Andre three thousand one is one that I find fascinating. And I'll tell you right now, Hammer, no, he's not going to show up. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I don't think he is either. Because he's talked about this before, and like Big Boys talked about it before when they um they went on their uh or, or when they were at their heyday. And the NFL asked them to play the Super Bowl outright, the two of them. And Andre was like, you know, I'm not going to limit myself artistically to whatever the NFL would, like, censor us from doing or whatever. So he said no. And in 2014, when they went out on their 20th twentieth anniversary tour or whatever, I mean, it took pulling teeth almost to get Andre to even do it. I mean, they made like $40 million doing that too, which is nuts. But I mean, even then Andre didn't like want to do it. The only reason he did it was out of some sort of sense of loyalty to Big Boy because he wanted to do it. But Andre 3000 hated it. So he's not going to show up. Well, and as soon as Big Boy announced that he was doing it, he was catching a lot of a lot of crap on Twitter for well, everybody uh, for was. Doing he it. was, uh, you know, uh, Travis Scott was as well. And the even Travis Maroon Scott Five thing, has right. been. And the Travis Scott thing's crazy because even like then, like Colin Kaepernick basically called him a sellout even after it came out that he made the that Travis Scott made the NFL donate five hundred thousand dollars to like a charity that helps like inner city communities and things like that. So he got the NFL to pony up $500,000, and you're calling him a sellout? Still didn't help. Dude, Colin Kaepernick, you (laughs) took Nike's money. Nike's been making money off sweatshops for years, and you're going to call someone a sellout? Shut up. Like, you're a sellout for taking Nike's money. Yeah, there is no more Andre 3000 prop. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it because I don't think he's going to show up. Now, here's your halftime props. Will Adam Levine be wearing a hat? No. Um, what will the predominant color of his shirt be at the start of the show? Black is favored or any other color? I'd say is... white. Okay, so you're going to take any other color? Yeah. Uh, how many songs will be played at halftime? Oh, that's a tough one. And it's probably which songs will be played, too, is, is on there. Well, this is a good – here's the – I mean, if you're counting medleys and stuff, last year Timberlake did 11. Lady Gaga did 7. So, like, the thing with medleys, it's like you could sing, like, you know, 10 seconds of a song, but that yeah. counts. Yeah, so the last the last six years, you had 11, 7, 6, 8, 6, and 9 were the number of songs sung at halftime. I'm going to go 8 because here's the thing. I would I think Big Boy's going to do two songs. He'll do like an Outcast song, and he'll also do the song that he did with Maroon 5 called Mike Jack. So there's right. two. Travis Scott's going to do Sicko Mode, his big rap song, which is three. And then you've got Maroon 5 that'll probably do, you know, five or six or seven on their own. So right there, you're looking at nine or ten. Okay. So you're the over under seven and a half. Oh, so you're over. on the over. Uh-huh. Uh, first song performed by Maroon 5 is one of them. Uh, ooh, Moves Like Jagger? Is that the favorite? No, the favorite is Makes Me Wonder. Yeah, I remember that song. I mean, it's a big song of theirs, but not real big. I, I would probably say Moves Like Jagger would be the one they'd, they'd open That's with. the third highest favorite. What's There's the second? One More Night. Okay. Oh, what about yeah. This Love? Is that uh, one? one mm, that was like their first real big hit. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, This Love, but it's uh, it's like 20 to 1. Okay, well, <laughs> certainly interesting to dive into the halftime stuff, too. But in terms of like in-game stuff, 
those are some interesting props too. Like, you know, what would the first score be, uh, or how will the first points be scored? Um, you know, I, I do like the ones that like feature James Harden, where it's like, um, what will be higher, James Harden's point total on February second, or the total points scored in the Super Bowl on February third? <laughs> yeah, there was also, and I don't even know if it's ended yet, but his uh, streak of thirty point games or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, will that be longer than you know, or whatever? <laughs> yeah, here you go. James Harden points versus Utah. Or Tom Brady pass attempts. <laughs> um, I like the. I, I would take the. Uh, I would take James Harden in that one. This is a good one. Knicks win total in 2019. What are they at right now? They're Ooh, still in single question. digits, aren't yeah, they? They are not good. So the Knicks win total this season are Tom Brady completions. So Tom Brady completions, you could probably see somewhere in the teens or the, uh, you know, what the teens or, or the, the maybe I mean, low twenties. I would think the twenties. Yeah. The Knicks right now have ten wins. <laughs> okay. So. It's like basically let's, let's just say he completes twenty one passes. Yeah, you're saying can the Knicks win twelve more games? Yeah, no, they can't. If they've <laughs> won, they've won ten at this point. They're already over the halfway point of the season. I right? take the Brady completions. Oh there. yeah, me too. And that, by the way, Brady completions is like heavily favored. So yeah, those are a couple of those. With the uh, there's Kyrie Irving, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. Trying to see if there's any that involve either Gurley or uh, yeah, here's one. Tiger Woods first round score at the Masters. Now that's that you know you got to wait a couple months for that. Mm-hmm. All right, Tiger Woods first round score at the Masters or Todd Gurley rushing yards. Okay, so basically you're saying like if Tiger were to go out and shoot like a seventy, you're saying well Todd Gurley have more than like seventy rushing yards. Yeah, he'd have to rush for more than seventy yards. Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Isn't it like, I'm trying to, off the top of my head, like Tiger is, even when he's won the Masters, he's like, he's not known for getting off to fast starts there, though, right? What what if Todd rushes for like, if you take that bet and Todd rushes for like 73 yards and say you took uh, Todd Gurley, you know, and and Todd Gurley would would be the higher number there, you're like, oh man, I need Tiger to go low (laughs) in round number one. If you wait, if you took, I'm saying, if you took Todd, at yeah. the, at the, and he ran for more, 73 and he ran yards, for 73, you need Tiger to shoot a 74. Then, wait, no, I'm saying Todd would have more yards than Tiger's score would be. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, if, so if you took Todd there, then Tiger would have to go low. He'd have to shoot like a 72 or less, right? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like you're like if if, if say Todd Gurley rushes for like 71 yards and you took him. Ooh, you need Tiger to go under par, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, and Tiger's sometimes sketchy in the opening rounds of he Masters. Is. So. He usually catches it up on Friday and Saturday. But, yeah, that is certainly interesting, too. So, I mean, you just have so many different things to pay attention to. And then actual ones that, that I find interesting are, like, the the one about, like, how are the first points going to get scored? That's always fantastic because you, you really you have no idea. No, the one that blew it up a couple years ago, was, was it was the safety in yeah. the Seahawks and uh, Broncos game. That's right, because the snap went over uh, Brady's head. Or right? Manning's head. Or, yeah, Manning's yeah. head, right, and he had to run back and get it. And yeah, I think I, Noshan actually is the one that got tackled in the end zone. Well, Noshan got it and smartly just took a knee. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, he knew that if he had tried to run it, it could have been way worse. Right, yeah, or he, yeah. yeah, he could have fumbled it, yeah. they could have scored a touchdown. So That's right, no Sean. Yeah, so no technically, no Sean scored the first points of that Super Bowl. It was just for the other team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what happens if you're like, person to score the first points of the game, 
I mean, if you like took that bet in Vegas and you bet no Sean Moreno, I mean, technically, wouldn't you have a case? I think you would. I don't know how that would work out. Because, I mean, I guess they would give it to whoever made the tackle. Whoever's credited with the tackle of the safety would right. be the ones that score the points. Or is the safety just sometimes that's it's just credit to the team? Yeah, Yeah, I, I guess it just depends. But that's another one. I mean, you could dive down so many rabbit holes with this stuff. But the prop bets are certainly very interesting. All right, on the other side, we're going to actually talk about this game, tell you who we think is going to win. Maybe have a guest for an MVP and actually, you know, get into the game itself as opposed to some of this prop stuff. So he's Chris Bryant. I'm Sam Franco. Back with more next on the crossover right here on 960theref.com. Friends and family piled around the table, sharing big cheesy slices of pizza, golden baked calzones and strombolis, plate fulls of zesty lasagna. It's not Nana's Kitchen in Southern Italy. It's Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. At Fully Loaded, you'll find all these Italian favorites like wings, salads, and hoagies. A full bar and patio, too. Family dinner, date night, or hanging out with friends. Get more out of it at Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in the Manners Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Watkinsville. All right, back here on the crossover on 960theref.com, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. He's Chris Bram. I'm Sam Franco. Talking about Super Bowl 53 here as the Rams going to take on the Patriots. And we talked before the break about some props, things like that. Well, now let's actually get into this game. And I think the one thing that's kind of hanging over things, at least for the Rams, is what is Todd Gurley's status? You know, he's out there saying, I'm not hurt. Uh, You know, I just didn't play well in the NFC Championship game. And then there's evidence behind that. I mean, he's the one that could have caught that pass, and instead it bounces off his hands and turned into an interception. So he wasn't playing great, but is that because of an injury? You know, he's going out there saying all the right things and he's not hurt. I don't buy that. Well, I mean, he, he was hurt at the end of toward the end of the season, and they ended up uh, adding C.J. Anderson, and then C.J. Anderson ended up outrushing him in that game against Dallas. And, uh, and then ended up to playing more snaps than uh, Gurley did in the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, as much as Gurley's downplayed it and even Sean McVay has downplayed it, McVay has said this week that, yeah, I mean, of course, you're in the Super Bowl now and they've got to uh, find ways to get Gurley more involved than they did in the NFC title game. I mean, you have to believe, though, that I mean, Gurley was not 100% if he was getting out-snapped by, uh, by C.J. Anderson. Yeah, C.J. Anderson's a fine back, not to take away from him, but, yeah, Todd Gurley – is there's a reason that he's being paid more than any other running back in the NFL right now. And it's because he's, you know, arguably the best back in the league. So I think that they obviously have to get him the ball. They obviously have to figure out ways to to create mismatches with him. And, uh, you know, if they don't do that, if they're not able to successfully run the ball and you're putting this on Jared Goff to go out there and try and win you the game, no offense to Goff because I think he's definitely proven a lot of doubters wrong this year. But... (laughs) You know, you're still putting a lot on his shoulders to go out there and try and win the game against the Patriots defense that seems to step up in these kind of games. Yeah. I mean, now they look, they won a game at New Orleans with uh, with Gurley not playing in a ton, so it's not like it's impossible for him. But, and that was at New Orleans. This is on a neutral field against uh, against New England. New England's defense has gotten a little bit better. I mean, it's still not a uh, – it's far from a juggernaut. When I think about Gurley's potential – Sunday, I think about uh, Devontae Freeman and the game he had against uh, against the Patriots two years ago, both uh, catching and receiving. And, uh, you know, Gurley's uh, turned into a running back that the Rams throw to a lot. He's uh, outside of the two times he dropped passes against the Saints. He's, uh, he's definitely been a very reliable pass catcher for the Rams since he's been in the uh, uh, since he's been in the NFL. But 
Remember, I mean, Devontae Freeman was just like unstoppable in that game. And even after the, you know, the Patriots had kind of had started to make that run. I remember he broke off that one long run, and you took all of a sudden, like you 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 took a you breathed because mm-hmm. you felt like all right, the Patriots are were charging, but maybe that really stole the momentum from him. And he had like that fifty yard rush. So, um, you know, based on that, I feel like you know catching, running. I mean, that's the kind of impact that. You know, Gurley could have in the game Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a big part of this, too, is we talk about this a lot with the Patriots. Bill Belichick is known for taking away what you do well. We talked about this with the AFC Championship game. Tyreek Hill, one catch, 42 yards. You know, they didn't want to let him get in behind the defense a whole lot, so they did a good job of, of limiting him and taking him away other than that one catch. So in this game, you would think that the focal point's going to be on the Rams' rushing attack for the Patriots' defense and if they can get those stops. If the Rams' offensive line, you know, plays the way they played for the majority of the season, though, you know, that's going to be a, a boom for them. And then on the other side, you look at that front, the the front four for the Rams with, uh, you know, Fowler, Sue, Donald, uh, you know, the the big three names there. And they've also got, you know, some other great players that, that cycle in and out. But that defensive front, the way they played against the Saints, if they play that way against the Patriots, it's going to be very hard for me to pick against them, like if they were to play that way. Yeah, that's the uh, – when you think to the two losses that the Patriots had to the Giants, I just think of Justin Tuck, Strahan, yep. Yuman Yora. I guess I think Pierre Paul was on. Getting that second pressure team. with the front four. If you can get pressure with the front four – and leave your linebackers and, and DBs in coverage and not have to worry about blitzing, that's how you beat Tom Brady. Yeah, and uh, the Patriots in those two games were held to 14 and 17 points. Um, you know, that's where, like you think, I mean, David Andrews really is, uh, has a chance to have a big impact one way or another on this game, either somehow neutralizing uh, Sue and Donald or helping to it. I mean, one of those guys is getting double teamed, and that's, the I think, the key for the Rams is – uh, whichever one of those guys is getting double teamed, then the other guy's got to make uh, New England pay, whether it's Donald that's seeing it or Sue that's seeing it. But uh, the other guy's got to take advantage of the one-on-one then. And Sue had a phenomenal game against the Saints. I mean, he was everywhere in that game. And then Dante Fowler, keep that in mind, he's the one that had his hands in Breeze's face when Breeze threw the interception in overtime. So it's not just going to be Donald, you know, like you said. it's It's got to be a collective effort. And I think that the Rams, if those guys play well, have a very good chance to win this game. All that being said, I'm still taking the Patriots to win. I mean, I, I just don't see how I, I can pick against them. Because, again, when you talk about Bill Belichick and the history of the Patriots and taking away what another team does well more often than not, that makes me think they're going to hone in on that running game, really kind of load the box, try and stop that, and see what McVay slash golf can come up with. Look, I think golf can uh, can deliver though, and the you know it's the idea of like not being able to pick against New England in a spot like that. It's like they did lose last year's Super Bowl. They did, but um, more often than not, they don't lose. I, I like the Rams in the game, okay. and I think the Rams are the better team. I do too. When the you know when the when the the conference championship games first ended. The Rams were the early favorite. And then, of course, everyone was jumping on New England. So, New England now's the two and a half point favorite. But the, uh, you know, but, but the Rams overall, they went 13 and three. The Patriots lost five times. 
Uh, only one of these teams was blown out at Detroit. Only one of these teams was blown out at Jacksonville. Only one of these teams was blown out by the Titans. Only one of these teams lost to the Dolphins. And only one of these head coaches thought it would be a good idea to have Rob Gronkowski as the last line of defense on a non-Hail Mary play. So I'm going to take the team that didn't do all those things. Also, I dislike New England very much, but I do have to say that Sony Michelle and David Andrews oh. are making that very difficult for me. They I, really are. I wish they would stop. They really are. And let's not forget Isaiah Wynn and Malcolm Mitchell, both of those guys, I guess, on the IR uh, for the Patriots right now. But, yeah, man, I mean, you can't forget uh, the, that they have some, some DGDs on that team. And, look, I, I, just because I picked the Patriots win doesn't mean that I want them to win. I'm with you. I want the Rams to win the game. I would love – and, plus, I mean – I have to go for the Rams, too, because they made the awesome decision to wear their throwbacks in the game. Yes. You know, they're not wearing the, the blue and gold. They're wearing that royal blue and mustard yellow, which to me is the best jersey in, or best uniform combo in pro sports when the Rams go throwback. I love that blue and yellow. Together. I don't think those things have been uh, worn in a game since Warren Beatty wore them and heaven can wait. <laughs> so the uh or at least like in a super bowl in a super bowl yeah well i got the rams wore them though in in 2000 they had the the royal blue and yellow when they played in the georgia dome and won did they yeah so it's yeah. like don't mess with success if okay. we're going back to the super bowl in atlanta we might as well wear the same uniforms that we won the game last time right so, so good they're throwing back then to that one i don't remember what they wore in that uh when they played the steelers all the way back at the end of the 79 season i do know when they lost to the patriots they had up changed it to that sort of darker blue with the gold trim yeah so maybe that's why they're like we got to go back to the other one because we lost that game we won the super bowl when we had the other ones on so you know those things are kind of fickle sometimes i wish new england would wear their old throwbacks too oh the one that they got stomped by the bears and because that was the red uniform they were wearing in that 86 uh yeah but with the patriot logo on the helmet it's well yeah the one that looked like john hannah instead of the uh the flying elvis that they have that's right absolutely but I would say that, again, I want the Rams to win. If Todd Gurley rushes over 100 yards, the Rams are going to win this game, and he's probably going to be the MVP. But uh, just something about this tells me that I I think Sony has a big game. I think they get him out into mismatches, out in space, and that's what they do really well. You know, James White and him are both really good at receiving those passes out of the backfield and and making guys miss in space. I'm going to say Sony has the better game than Todd and the Patriots win the game. I'll say, I don't know, twenty-seven to twenty-four. I wish, and I wish you could. We we knew for certain what Gurley's uh, health was, because I do think Gurley would be a solid play potentially for MVP. Absolutely. If you think the Rams are going to win the game, but Michelle too, because he scored five touchdowns this postseason, the most ever by a rookie in the NFL, and the most since uh, Terrell Davis scored five in '97. Yeah, I think you got a harder time. I guess it happened when uh, once when Givens won the MVP with Brady, but Deion Branch. Deion Branch. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That if Brady wins the game, he's going to get the MVP because a lot of people thought Malcolm Butler should have won the MVP when they, when he intercepted that pass in the well, end zone. Uh, when and when they beat the Falcons, James White had fourteen catches. That's true um, from over a hundred yards. Yeah, so it's just I would if if the Patriots are going to win, it's just hard. You're going to have a really hard time have, getting anyone other than Brady to carry the uh, MVP award because, like, even in the AFC Championship game, Sony had twenty nine carries and over a hundred yards and scored that that big touchdown on fourth down. I'm telling you, Brady still would have won the MVP. Like, if that had been the Super if Bowl, had an AFC MVP, Brady right? Won it. Or if that had been the Super Bowl, like Brady was still going to get the MVP. I 
out of that. So, but if you think the Rams are going to win, I think Gurley would play. be a good uh, MVP choice, or maybe Greg Zerline, or Aaron Donald, or Aaron or Donald. Like, yeah. like if Aaron Donald has like a few sacks, a few tackles in the backfield for loss, maybe a forced fumble. It's going to be hard to see him not win it. I, I would, in fact, my favorites for each team would probably be Brady for the Patriots and Donald actually for the Rams. Well, I know it takes a lot for a defensive guy to win it, but you know he's got a lot of fanfare going into the game. Well, I mean, we're talking about uh, two running backs being the MVP of the Super Bowl. There hasn't been one since Terrell Davis, who went to Georgia, so there is the connection. Yeah. But since then, there have been four defensive players that have won the MVP, and I think in three of the four cases they had like a pick six in the game or something. Well, no, but I think you could say in three of the four cases before the Super Bowl started, you would have said they were the best player in the game. Vaughn Miller oh, yeah. won it for Denver. Uh, Ray Lewis, the year he won it with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was that Dexter Jackson who did have that those. That was the one for the Bucks. That's a, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have, you know, before the game, I don't think we would have lined him up as the best player uh, no. <laughs> in it. And then, um, boy, I'm, oh, well, no, then the, the other one I was that Malcolm Smith for the. I thought James uh, Harrison should have won it the year that the, uh, the, um, I mean that's Steelers beat yeah. the Cardinals. But he made like the that might be the biggest play in the history of the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. That was and a I ten point swing. Maybe was it was it Big Banner San Antonio Holmes? One of the two won it. I guess it was. Uh, it ended up being San Antonio. It was, Holmes. It was San Antonio Holmes yeah. <laughs> that got the the award there. He it should the have game been. winning. He got the game winning. He did catch pass, a game winning yeah. touchdown. But again, I still think it should have gone to James Harrison for that 98 yard touchdown. No, yeah, yeah. that was a that's uh, probably the biggest swing in the history of the the game. It was. Uh, you think it at that point. The, the the Cardinals are at least going to be able to tie the game. Right. And just like that, it's 17-7 instead. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm taking Patriots. Brame's taking the Rams. There's our Super Bowl preview for you. We'll come back next week and recap the game. And do not forget, send us your fully loaded question of the week, 960theref at coxradio.com, starting next week. If we choose yours, you're getting a $20 gift card to Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville where you can eat pizza to your heart's delight. Yeah, all you got to do is hit send. We do have to type out a question. You have to type so. out a question. Yeah. And like Brain said earlier, if you're like, why are you guys such bums on this podcast? <laughs> We're probably not picking you. Yeah. So go to 960theref at coxradio.com, send those questions there, and you might be getting $20 in free pizza. Yeah. From Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkins. If you want to ask us why we're such bums, maybe we will pick yours and we'll do a whole podcast explaining why. That's true. Yeah. That's true. As we both That's a very good question. <laughs> As Brame and I very much off or very often show up to this building wearing like sweatshirts and beanies. So, you know, that, yeah. that, that's kind of how we live our lives well, around cold. here. It is cold. And it's cold in this building. But I digress. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Crossover Podcast on 960therep.com presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. Back next week. And whether it's Go Patriots or Go Rams, it's always Go Dogs. You've been listening to The Crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brain, Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.